Andy Rosser, Lettings Marketing Manager, and today I'm talking to Andrew Colberwell, our Group Letting Technical Director, about the latest hot topics in the world of lettings regulation. In our latest Q&A, Andrew provides his end-of-year insight on the regulatory situation for landlords, looking at the major changes this year and what lies ahead. Good afternoon, Andrew. As we huddle indoors more during the winter months, it's a good time to understand what the rules are for safety purposes in rented accommodation. Could you perhaps summarise, Andrew? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, especially as there've been, you know, there've been some recent changes. So, from first um, of October this year, uh, government confirmed that all rented property in England will need to have a carbon monoxide alarm um, fitted in all rooms that are used um, for living accommodation. Now, this is where there is a fixed combustion appliance. Now, you know, this is effectively an extension of existing requirements um, that covers appliances like wood burning stoves and open fires, and now it will include gas fires and boilers um, where it didn't previously um, but interestingly it doesn't um, extend to gas ovens and hobs um, also worth mentioning um, the oil fired boilers um, they are also captured uh, where they weren't previously and so if you've got an oil fired boiler um, you know you will need to have a carbon monoxide alarm in the same way as you will for a gas boiler um, also and I think it's you know, probably worth you know a, a timely reminder that at least one um, smoke alarm must be installed on each story of a rented property that comprises living accommodation. Now, you know, the obvious question there is, you know, whether we get asked all the time, you know, you know, what constitutes, you know, living accommodation when it comes to um, smoke and carbon monoxide alarms? Well, you know, in, in simple terms, um, it's floors that are occupied on a day-to-day -day basis. So typically, you know, they will have halls, reception rooms, kitchens, landings, bedrooms, bathrooms, and WCs also includes, um, you know, mezzanine levels. So I think, you know, probably best advice for landlords um you know it has to be you know if there's a room on a particular level that you're likely to be you know occupying on some basis then you know ensure that you know you've got a you've got a a, a smoke alarm fitted and a carbon monoxide alarm where appropriate um also i think andy worth mentioning the renting homes wales act which came into force um on the 1st of december um this now includes mandatory electrical safety testing where it didn't before um as well as the provision of mains operated and interlinked smoke alarms so there's a difference there between the regulations in england where those smoke alarms don't need to be mains um operated um and interlinked whereas they do now in wales um as far as the carbon monoxide um requirements in wales um alarm provisions are similar to those in england albeit as if we didn't want to make things more complicated and confusing there is a requirement to have um a carbon monoxide alarm where there is a gas oven and hob so if you've got a gas oven and hob in wales you need to have a carbon monoxide alarm. Unlike smoke detectors, um, CO alarms, carbon monoxide alarms don't need to be mains operated and interlinked. So the battery operated ones that you affix to the ceiling on the wall, uh, those are perfectly acceptable. Excellent. Thanks, Andrew. So basically, uh, some more stringent requirements, a rollout of existing requirements to make sure the safety standards are as high as they, they need to be in rented accommodation. Absolutely. Excellent. So uh, moving on, uh, is there any further news surrounding the Minimum Energy Efficiency Standards or MEES, which have been penciled in at the moment for 2025? 
Yes, indeed. Well, you know, currently, properties in the private rented sector need to have a minimum energy efficiency performance rating of E. Now, you know, there are a small number of exceptions. Now, those are mainly uh, where the property is of an age and historical importance, such that improvement works you know, aren't really possible, um, as they would be to the detriment of the property. Um, yeah, in practical terms, that's going to be properties with listed status. That, that's a kind of a typical example. Now, in Individual local authorities are usually happy to advise on this point as, you know, rather unhelpfully, requirements and exceptions will vary between local authorities. So uh, government has proposed um, further changes uh, to make homes much more energy efficient and environmentally friendly. Now, when these um, are eventually introduced, as you know, surely at some point they must, um, rented properties will be affected. Now, the proposal is that properties will need to raise their energy performance standard to an efficiency rating of C. So remember, we're at E at the moment. Um, and that will be for all new tenancies from 2025 um, and all tenancies being captured from 2028. Now, according to recent surveys, um, you know, almost 60% of homes in the UK have a D rating or lower, which you know, means that changes you know, inevitably will affect you know, a sizable proportion of landlords. Now, you know, really important point at, um, at this stage, Andy, is that you know, it's worth mentioning that serious questions um, around the feasibility of that December 20. 25 deadline you know are being asked given the challenges posed by you know increases in cost of living uh, together with no firm commitment to the december 2025 date many are suggesting uh, that, that this date you know in all likelihood you know will be pushed back now you know that said um landlords really should be mindful of what action is necessary to improve the energy efficiency uh, rating of properties um and really to make provision for those improvements in their financial planning now you whilst in some cases you know changing to a more efficient central heating boiler might bring the required energy efficiency improvement um, in others wider ranging improvements such as better insulation and the installation of modern double glazed windows might very well be necessary now you know it's very easy to say you know you know even changing a boiler but the cost of changing a boiler you know in itself you know is you know is not inconsiderable so landlords really really do need to understand you know what what improvement works might be necessary to to, to take them to that level ready for when it eventually it is introduced. Great stuff. Uh, so in summary, really, no no definitive sort of regulatory requirement to upgrade yet. And, and there's um, a bit of a head scratch, really, for landlords to think about the efficiencies you get for upgrading or uh, you know, energy, energy efficiency of your property versus the sort of costs that come up front with that as well. So one way to think about and one to keep an eye on uh, over the coming year, really. Yep, absolutely. With turbulent government changes recently, where do things stand with the rental reform bill? <laughs> well, another interesting question. So, you know, with a, with a new prime minister um, installed um, on the 24th of October after a very short tenure um, of Liz Trust, um, you know, we also saw the return of Michael Gove um, as Secretary of State for Leveling Up Housing and Communities, um, a role that he held previously. Now, you know, might this bring about a degree of continuity when it comes to progressing rental reform, uh, you know, which, you know, we are told, you know, remains firmly on the agenda? Well, you know, he would take a, you know, braver man than I to, to, to second guess that one. Um, but you know, in reality, whilst wholesale reform you know, is still very much on the cards, you know, in practice, you know, we might expect to see regulatory changes introduced um, on, on a more piecemeal basis, as opposed to an all singing, dancing reform. Um, we will, you know, as we've done for some time now, you know, kind of need to wait and see. 
Now, one area of reform that continues to feature in the news um, is the ending of uh, so-called no-fault evictions um, by serving two months' notice, um, and that's done under Section 21 of the Housing Act. Now, you know, here government has signalled that instead tenants might only be able to, you know, be made to leave um, when, say, a landlord wishes to sell or to move back into a property. And you know, I know we've talked about this, you know, on on, on previous podcasts. Now, you know, clearly, you know, a balanced approach is key here in that whilst tenants you know might not unreasonably expect uh, security of tenure landlords you know must be confident that when possession is required you know that this can be quickly and easily achieved now you know with with considerable challenges to household budgets you know there have also been calls for caps um, uh, to rent increases um, to be introduced now those you know similar to to those that we've seen in Scotland and which in Scotland you know are scheduled to remain in place until March of next year you know, at the earliest you know there's provision within those regulations for it to be extended beyond March um, and you know we we we're quite expecting you know them to to to, to take advantage of of that provision but you know we'll we'll need to wait and see but that's in Scotland so so, you know, at present, government appears to be focusing its attention on social housing when it comes to rent caps. This is opposed to the private rented sector. Now, you know, if this is widened to include the private rented sector, you know, many are concerned by the risk of unintended consequences, such as landlords, many of whom, you know, obviously will be facing increased costs, you know, not only in servicing their own rental property as a result of, you know, increased mortgage costs, um, but also, you know, the general cost of living that, that everybody's exposed to um, and a potential, potential, you know, fallout of that could very well be landlords deciding, you know, to, to, to exit the, the rental market and so reducing the amount of rental stock that's available now you know the effect here in terms of supply and demand driving up rents you know sadly you know is all too easy to imagine thanks andrew and across the border in wales you mentioned earlier the renting homes wales act uh, what does this impact yeah, so yeah, this this has far-reaching changes for properties, you know, let in Wales, and you know, and it and it came into force, you know, on on December the first. Um, smoke and carbon dioxide alarms, you know, yeah, we, we we covered earlier, but you know, in summary, you know, other key changes include the replacement of the assured shorthold tenancy um, under the Housing Act that that many are familiar with. Um, that's been replaced uh, with a new standard occupation contract. Um, also, landlords seeking possession on a no-fault basis, so where there aren't rent arrears or antisocial behaviour, um, they'll be required to give a minimum of six months' notice um, that can't be served within the first six months um, of a contract commencing. Um, you know, a reminder here that in England and previously in Wales, you know, that notice was two months notice. So that's been increased to six months. So a sizable change there. You know, also controls on property standards have also been bolstered, albeit that largely in practical terms, you know, these mirror requirements under the housing health and safety rating system that is in place in England and you know, applied in Wales as well. So small tweaks there, um, but you know, mostly those relate to carbon monoxide alarm and really just bolstering, you know, the, 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 the requirements for landlords to ensure that properties are safe, which I think broadly, you know, everybody's going to, going to support that. You know, as always, Andy, you know, the, the, the devil is in the detail. So, you know, it's always a good idea to, you know, seek professional advice from, from your expert let, letting agent, um, but also to make reference to, um, you know, the government websites, you know, both in England, Scotland and Wales, you know, when looking for additional information in, in areas such as this.
Thanks, Andrew. That's really useful information. There's lots to think about and digest here today. Uh, so I think perhaps we'll probably uh, get together again at some point in the new year and provide an update to, to all the landlords and uh, people in the bettings business that find this uh, kind of stuff useful to know about. So thank you very much, Andrew. And thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Lettings. If you enjoyed this episode, then please do subscribe for future episodes through your usual podcast service. And remember to share on social media. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you.